Welcome to Doing It On Purpose, your shortcut to reinventing yourself with a few giggles along the way for all good brown girls and beyond. I'm Dal, aka The Happyologist, your host, and after 20 years of a lot of work, I finally bossed this reinventing myself thing. As a self-proclaimed good brown girl, I've uncovered well-being secrets from my global travels and I'm saving you a few decades of work and sharing practical tips for your own reinvention and to help you find your purpose. And I'll be joined by some seriously smart good brown girls from the field of psychology, therapy, health and well-being. So if you're ready for a life upgrade, stay tuned. And don't forget to follow The Happyologist on social media for your daily dose of happy habits. I'm Dal the Happyologist and I am doing this on purpose. Hi everyone, it's your pal Dal. Thanks for joining my podcast today on the fascinating topic of tapping into your intuition and how we all have a bit of psychic in us. So to talk us through this, I'm so happy to introduce our very special guest, Natasha Riz. Natasha is a second generation immigrant. Her parents were from Asia and she was raised in the UK. Natasha is a clairvoyant and has been helping people all over the world deal with all kinds of areas in their life from relationship, career, health and lifestyle. And today I want to get into the fascinating mind of Natasha personally as a clairvoyant, healer and astrologer and understand more about her journey as a psychic and to understand how we can all tap into our intuition. So Huge welcome, Natasha. So uh, you've practiced clairvoyance and astrology and healing for the last 50 plus years, and you're amazing at what you do. Psychic Readings Direct is your brand name, and you are one of the biggest, highest rated clairvoyants in London, which is a great achievement with repeat global clients. Uh, And I've seen your testimonials, and they speak of how you've helped hundreds of people emotionally and physically to repair, which is amazing. And we've known each other for a few years now, as we instantly connected on the basis that you could sense my clairsentience, so which, by the way, I had no idea what that was. And that's what I want to explore with you for the benefit of our listeners today. What I absolutely love about you is that you want to empower people to tap into their intuition because, you know, we all have it within us. So I really want to explore that. And there is so much scepticism, you know, around psychics, especially in Asian culture, you know, we're intrigued and sceptical at the same time, you know, curiosity killed the cat. Uh, so, you know, we all want to know a bit more about it. But again, the area I and most people are interested in is our ability to be intuitive, to, to find the answers, to understand our why. And I guess we all have it in us. And some people like yourself are gifted with heightened extra sensory abilities to help others. And I think as long as people aren't using it for negative reasons, which I know you completely endorse, you know, all using it for personal gain, it's a gift and it should be used to help heal and connect others. So there's so much to unpack here. Really excited to be doing this with you. So first question, actually, no, wait, you probably know what my first question is. (laughs) That's telepathy. Um, First question is, tell us about your fascinating story. How did you know you had intuitive powers and how did you develop them over time? Okay, I developed them at a very early age where I'd pick up on things and I'd see dreams. So I was about the age of three or four and my father had gone abroad and he bought this beautiful car which he was showing me. And a couple of days after he travelled, I said to my sister, Sis, I just get this really funny feeling that you may have, Dad might have an accident. She's like, stop there. Don't say things like that. You don't talk like that. Behold, three days later, we get a telegram. Dad had 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 an accident, wow. which is quite traumatizing. And I felt responsible for opening my big mouth because I thought, 
like my sister said, had I not said anything, it wouldn't have happened. So it developed at a very early age. And the belief that I came from was, as a parent, in those days, people say you believe in God or a higher greater force and always pray to that and believe in that before going to bed, say your prayers. So I feel it kind of like started from a very early age of without me realizing it, meditating to this most beautiful place that I'm in and garden and I would start praying. And I think my doorways had opened up at a very early age. Mm. So it started from about three or four, continued from there. Wow. And then and just talk to me a little bit more about these spiritual premonitions you're having, because I can imagine it being quite scary at a very young age, you say three or four years old. It was scary. And because I was told you don't talk about things like that. So I kept a lot of the dreams that I'd have to myself, didn't understand them. Looking back at them now, they were past lives that I'd been in that I was actually looking at. But being three or four, they were unexplainable to anybody. Uh, another major event happened when I was about 12. And it was a reoccurring dream that I had for three nights and I just could not shift this dream. Very upset about it. And the classroom teacher sent me straight to the head. Mm-hmm. Bless this teacher. <laughs> um, he listened to me very curiously and said, okay, carry on praying. Go down and do your homework. Thought nothing of it. 16, when the premonition was for at the age of about 14 to 16, that my cousin had died. And I'd already predicted this at the age of 12. Wow. He'd actually written it in my record. So it was unusual I've totally forgotten about it but the school teachers in school would think oh, no. she knows intuitions let's see what she puts in the bins what how was your day today Riz and I was like oh god why are they why are they trying to pick on me and waiting for me to say things mm. I'm not special just leave me alone and because I could read their minds I felt a little bit alienated actually and I wasn't um, a big mouth in the school I was a very timid child I was quiet I had a friend that, who I'd share everything with and like most children do, you have one or two close friends and it kind of kind of went from there pretty much. And did you actually think it was odd? So, uh, you know, when I've spoken to other kind of psychics in the past, they've said that they thought that everybody else had that same sort of feeling, right? So you don't know it's different. Unfortunately, I wish that was the case with me um, because what I noticed is that my teachers made it a little bit difficult because they would talk to one another and I don't know what they think. So one of the teachers I went up to him and said to him, sir, before you go home, you need to drive safely today. And the next day he came and looked at me and he just stood there staring. Now, that wasn't normal behavior. So I didn't see any other child being targeted like that. So I didn't feel it was normal. And then a social worker approached my father and said, you know, uh, your daughter's a bit different. So are you having any issues? And him thinking, how dare you come to my house? What are these social workers? In those days, social workers were looked at as people that broke up homes. But yeah. she was taking an interest in what I was doing in the school and he told her to get lost. He obviously knew about it because he had those gifts himself, which later on I discovered because I'd always say, Dad, what do you think of that person? And he would say, he's like this and he's like that. Nine out of ten times he was absolutely spawned. So he was an actual fact doing face readings without realising it. Wow. But he thought it was normal because he was trained in the army. He was an army guy. So your sense of intuition came from family? I feel so, yeah. I mean, my father was very intuitive and I discovered a few things just before he passed. And um, I told him how I used to see this being with a white beard and white hair. And, and he turned around and said, I used to see the same one. And I was wow. like, whoa, that was a very close connection that me and my father had. So we were also very spiritually connected. Mm. We had different gifts. So that's when it felt a little bit more normal. But as I was growing up, I thought, oh, I'm alienated. Please go away. I don't want to see things. I don't want to hear things. 
when my cousin died, I was the only one that was there when she was putting her head. Her headset was fitted. She said, today is a very special day. You don't tell anybody. You take three roses from the garden. It was about five miles from where I lived. And she said, I'm going to tell you a quick direction and I'm going to walk in front of you and you're going to follow. And I did. So it kind of like made me have a bit of an alienated upbringing because of this extra gift that I had. So I wasn't really embracing it, thinking, well, everybody's got it. I was thinking, what have I done wrong? Yeah. Because leave me alone. So it didn't feel like a gift. Things. It didn't feel like a gift at all. It didn't mm. feel like a gift because I couldn't handle it. And plus, nobody was recognising it from my own family. Yeah, the teachers were, but they weren't my mum and dad. Well, my dad didn't say anything. My dad was abroad doing business at the time. But my mother was like, I'm scared of her. So yeah. if your own mother says she's scared, you're going yeah. to think you're some sort of a demon. Then I'd start praying more and visualizing more nice things. And so yeah, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a challenge. It wasn't easy. It's not as easy as it is understood and recognized nowadays. There's more awareness of it. Yeah, actually, it's a really good point. I think a lot of people still think it's a little bit new agey, a bit woo woo. Uh, and I think back then when you started out, and we're talking, you know, a good fifty odd years ago, you know, it was quite unheard of. So, I guess the bit I'm really fascinated about, and I'm sure our listeners are as well, it is. Did you open up about it more as you were growing up? Did you feel actually it was something uh, that you wanted to keep to yourself? Were you able to integrate, you know, into society and make friends? I found that very, very difficult. I'll give you an example. I was sitting on the bus one day with the teacher. And I said, hi, miss. And she said, hi, Riz. And the next thing I thought to myself, what came in my head was that she thought silly packy. In those wow. days, I turned around and said, no, you're porky. She said, excuse me. I said, you just said that. She goes, I never said that. I thought that. Wow. Because I was then deciding... Did I actually pick that up or did she say it? So I had a very hard childhood, unfortunately. I didn't embrace it. It wasn't, I think if I had that in this day and age, it's more understood. People would understand it. I'd have the proper guidance. And if my father opened up a lot more to me and said, it's normal, you're just gifted, you keep certain things to yourself. It probably would have made my school days life a lot more easier. Mm. I was also alienated at college. So no, I didn't have a fantastic time. I think I embraced it when I was about 22. When a friend said to me, oh, you're gifted. How'd you pass that exam? I said, I looked at the teacher and said, I couldn't read the question. And I picked up what you thought of the answer and I wrote it down. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's and I that's when you it. thought, yeah, now yeah, it's time. Yeah, this is good. And she dared me and she said, you know what? I think the best thing for you, forget beauty, you know, just, just put a little ad and see how it goes for readings. Now, I can look at you now, but I was brought up by my mother that little girls, don't look up when they're talking. So I had my eyes like this. Mm. And if, especially if it's a male, you don't look up, you keep your eyes down. And that was a big problem for me when I started doing readings. Because I think, how am I going to look at the floor and do their readings? <laughs> so then I thought to myself, hmm, I know, let me get a set of tarot cards and I'll pretend I'm reading them. You now think about them. So I'd look for the most unusual looking cards with pictures on. And I'd say, well, that card means that, but actually I was using my intuition. Wow. And that's that's how I started. Fascinating. And I can imagine it was quite isolating because especially when you're younger, it's hard enough growing up as a child, isn't it? And then people thinking you're a bit different, it's hard to kind of integrate. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, moving on, you talk about your tarot cards here. So when you read, just talk me through the process and talk us through the process. You know, how are you connecting? What do you see, sense, feel? What's going on? So when I actually meet people, I kind of switch off from myself. I detach myself. It's the first thing because it's not about you. It's about the other person. 
I'll close my eyes for a second and I'll just tune into their energy. How are they feeling? What is going on around that smile of theirs? Is it really a smile or is there sadness? And it just flows from there. But it's about tuning into the other person. It's not about you tuning into yourself. It's you detaching yourself from that and putting yourself in their shoes and everything starts flowing through. I mean, for me, it's like second nature. Is it like a switch? Because I've spoken to, um, you know, psychics before and they've said, you know, when they were younger, they didn't know how to switch it on and off um, because it was just always there. So, you know, one thing I'm always fascinated is, is it always on? Are you always constantly connected? Is it a vibration? Is it an energy? What What is it? Okay, so as a youngster, I was always switched on, which was manic. It was maddening. This is why you hear of a lot of, um, you know, psychologists, will actually tell you that intuition is a very thin hairline between madness okay not being able to switch off is a thin hairline between madness having the ability to switch off is very very important mm. because it's not nice if you're walking around and you're picking up oh so and so is thinking this would be so and so is thinking that that's going through their door it's not normal okay you need to be able to learn to switch off so the answer to your question is yes you do have to switch off you do have to know is to detach that emotion and it's all about your mind if your mind is strong, you have control over your mind because it's your mind that's opening that doorway of that third eye. Mm. So, yeah, it's very important to be mentally strong. And do you feel that this, I mean, from my perspective, this is a gift because I know you've helped thousands of people go through various challenges and struggles in life, whether it's love, relationships, you know, money, whatever it is. So this is clearly a gift that you've been given. You know, how do you console that in your mind how does how does it feel do you feel like this is a, a power for me it's become like second nature so you know like how you can use your nose to smell I use my sense for <laughs> intuition so I've got very very used to it when I need to use it and sometimes like let's say I've got you for example and you want to know what somebody else is feeling so I'm moving away from you and tuning into the energy that's connected to you. Mm. So I enjoy it, and every reading is different. And one of the things that I've also learned is to switch off mentally, otherwise I'd go mad if I remembered everybody's reading or all the experiences of the intuition that I've experienced. Yeah, because it must be quite um, draining energetically, right? It can be, depending on the other person's energy, because you then become an empath. You then start feeling what they're feeling. I mean, it can be good experiences, but it also can be negative. For example, if you're coming through a person that you're reading for a person that wants to kill themselves or feels like they are really, really ill, you will then feel those feelings. And then I'll say to them, look, I'm feeling pain in my shoulder. And they'll say, yeah, I'm getting pain in my shoulder. How did you know? Because you've you've forgotten who you are and you've tuned into their energy field. Mm, and then you're picking up that energy. And you're picking that. up that energy. So that can be a little bit draining. That can be very draining. Regardless of how you ground yourself, you still get drained. There's a price for everything. Wow. So so one of the things I really want to get into is, you know, how our listeners can tap into their own intuition. You know, I've read a lot on this uh, because I feel like I sense and feel things uh, and more so as I've been con more connected to God. And we all have the ability to connect. You know, uh, we all have natural intuition. I know that you completely, uh, you know, talk about this a lot. 
Uh, and if we allow for ourselves to connect to the other side, so whether we call it God, the universe, you know, light, you know, however we want to term it, then we can always find the answers. And as I've aged, I understand now that, you know, we are spiritual souls. We're having a human experience. So souls are put in this physical body so we can experience the physical. And, you know, if you look at it this way, uh, we have a one in 400 trillion chance of making it on earth from what I understand from the stats. So um, I've done a lot of soul searching over the years as I've grown to understand why, you know, why I've been put here, you know, what's the reason. Um, and because there's such rare odds on having a human existence, I think it's all something we question at some point in our lives. Uh, so to be, to be and having this human life is a gift. So, you know, why do we get that gift? And over the years, I've developed a deep connection to my faith, which is Sikhism, you know, and it's not dissimilar to other faiths. I'm a true believer. We're here for a reason to love and be loved and our interconnection, you know, with other people. And we're all part of this collective energy and to God. And we, you know, how we carry ourselves in this lifetime is really important. So, you know, I've read so much about this and the types of intuition. You know, for me, my connection to God provides me with the answers. And you certainly encourage this. I know conversations we've had in the past to continue to kind of tap into my intuition. And the first two intuitions, from what I understand, and again, I've read a, a lot about this, and you and I've discussed it, is, you know, clairvoyance. So, aka also known as clair seeing so when we see things whilst we're asleep you know our third eye is open so we all have this element of intuition in us you know it's almost like a psychic vision which like me most of us forget by the time we wake up so I think psychics still have that whilst they're awake and then there's clairsentience which from what I understand is more of a feeling which occurs in the solar plexus so you know a lot of us often say we have that gut feeling so you know solar plexus for us is a very powerful energy source especially if you think about the whole kind of birth process you know around that part of the body and then you know psychics have this even more elevated they have those and then they have clairaudience which I understand is clairhearing so thoughts that are guiding all the time around you know different things so it could be names phrases faces that come up and then there's clair cognizance which means clear um, clear knowing so instant download you no know, knowing from the universe so there's no logical way that anyone could know this unless you know you were kind of gifted so I understand there's various forms of being able to to be uh, intuitive but can you give us some top tips where how you think that we that don't have the the amazing powers that you do that can really kind of tap into our intuition? Absolutely. I feel there's loads of various different ways and I feel everyone should tap into a little bit of it to help themselves on their daily basis. For example, we all like nice clothes. What appeals us to those clothes? Is it the fashion sense? Is it the colour? Think about, okay, why do you want that thing? So let's say it's an item because it makes you feel good. Why does it make you feel the fabric's nice? that looks nice. So these are all things that we're using from our intuition, from our gut, okay? As long as we're feeling positive, I say the word as long as. So it's all about positivity. So intuition should be used positively. So you should make sure that when you think of something nice, you're thinking for the good, for the good of yourself and for the good of others. One could be for the things that we feel attracted to, to the feelings that we feel attuned to. Another could be messages. I mean, in the olden days, when I first started doing a reading, I had chandeliers, uh, which were crystals, and I had to get rid of them. 
every time I do a reading, the chandeliers would go in the <laughs> Modern technology, we don't have those kind of chandeliers anymore. <laughs> we have more modern lights. Mm. So other ways of other people sensing things is, let's say, for example, they're looking for an answer to a question. They're repeating the question. Something coincidentally comes up on their internet, searching the question that they're asking, which could be like, will I be able to get that job? Mm. And they'll see jobs come up. So intuition is used very different with modern technology. It could be through the phone. It could be through the internet. Um, it could be through numbers. So another way of using your intuition could be through seeing numbers on the phone, like 2022, 1111, and all these numbers mean things, like one, for example, unity, five is remover obstacles, 10 is getting there. So there's lots of different things that are occurring on a spiritual basis, on a day-to-day -day basis. It's about us having the awareness. So, of course, loads of people can tap into it. And the biggest form that I used to use was take yourself to a happy place, regardless of what the situation is, and let your mind guide you to what you're being shown. If it's negative, dismiss it or use it to your advantage and change it into positive. Mm. So so just uh, from a practical step, like say if I wanted to know the answer to something, so like you say, uh, how do I get that job or um, am I going to get that job? So you're saying is 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 it something, you know, you hear a lot about put it out to the universe. Uh, what is it? Should you actually just articulate it and just say, you know, to whatever higher force, please, can you give me a sign? Well, what's the actual kind of process that you'd need to take? There's a number of processes. I mean, one is there's a desire of wanting something. You're always going to have it, want it. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. But mm. if you have a desire of needing it, you're going to create it so you actually get it. It's a very small concept. If you want something, you're always going to want it. There's a difference. But if you feel you need that item, you will get it a lot faster. It's the way we humans are in the olden days. It was surviving with spears and throwing things at animals and cooking them and eating them. But now the thought process is different. It's about need and want. If you need something, you'll always get it. If you want something, you'll always want it. You won't get it. So talk to me a bit about that then. So, you know, if you want something, you'll get it. What's the process? We, talk, we hear the a lot about process of okay, manifestation. So if you manifest that I want to have a garden and you're wanting it, you're always going to want it. If you say I've already got it, visualize yourself as already having it. Um, you're halfway there because you've made that destiny. You've made that journey. I mean, I know a lot of people that say I want a husband, for example. I really want a husband. Um, and I want him to be rich and really wealthy so he can <laughs> but really they're wanting it they're not needing it when they meet the husband that's very rich and wealthy they'll say no 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 he either looks too old or he he's not right because he's too rich for me because they wanted it they didn't feel they needed it there's a difference so a need would be a connection where without a survival point you have to have that in your life that's a need a want is more of a desire and from my experience with a lot of people, when they've needed something, they've been able to create that energy around them by their simple focus of determination, mm. not so doubt. Interesting you say that because, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are looking for the, the right relationship. So let's put the spotlight on that. So from using your intuition, how would you be able to, whether you use manifestation intuitively, how would they be able to manifest the person that's right for them to come into their life? And yes, it will be placed from a place, you know, of, um, of want uh, and, you know, to extent need. Well, if it's from a place of want, it's harder to achieve it. If it's from a place of need, it's faster to achieve it. 
they have to look at themselves first and put themselves into that other person's shoes. So let's say, for example, you want somebody rich and you want somebody comfortable, make yourself rich first. Okay, put yourself in that other person's shoes. Think the way they will think. You'll achieve it a lot faster. In there, you're already using a couple of steps of intuition. One is you're changing your thought process. Two is you're being positive with it. Three is you're making it happen by your belief, by your gut, by the feelings and the vibrations that are around you. So there's a whole number of things that can be done to achieve the results of what people need by their thought process, by their actions. Now, somebody could say to me, yeah, but Natasha, I've been needing a man for years, um, but yeah, you don't trust any man that you see. Mm. Okay, because you was brought up without a father or you was brought up with a father that caused problems. So, so when I'm saying that they need to look at themselves and they need to detach, they need to change who they are as beings. There is nothing we can't achieve at lo- in life if we change ourselves. Mm. So almost yeah. like we're limiting ourselves, right? We're holding ourselves back. Absolutely, absolutely. Because our energy is quite strong, but it's it's a lack of understanding. Someone obviously has to teach us. Unfortunately, I wasn't told I learned everything the hard way. In my time, there was no one to teach me that process. But my basis was from the belief of religion that there's a God out there and he's always thinking of good. And the naiveness to my personality and the way that I experience things is what made me personally grow. But it doesn't mean other people can't grow. It doesn't mean you don't can't grow. It doesn't mean you all can't grow. Mm. You know, and by using our gut instincts, like you said, from our solar plexus, um, from the feelings, from the vibrations of energy. You know, there's a lady that said to me, I don't have no intuition, Natasha. Nothing works for me. I just came from my friend's house and I felt sick. And I said, okay, hold on. You came from your friend's house. Why did you feel sick? I don't know. It was just her energy. There's your intuition, love. You've got it. You felt sick. You were sick because she was not right. There was something not right about the situation. So I think there's a, a lot of misconception where people think, oh, no, 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 no. We don't have that. And actually fact a lot of us do but we have a lack of awareness and we're dismissive right so to your point absolutely we think that can't be intuition right that's just coincidence a lot of people use the word coincidence coincidence uh, absolutely because they're scared right of what they are hearing or seeing or they don't believe they've got the the power within them to be able to manifest answers absolutely correct and you talk a lot I've heard you talk a lot about in the past about getting yourself to a place of um you know you you mentioned it earlier meditative state so getting yourself to a place when you want to be able to tune into yourself and get more familiar with yourself is being in a more meditative state so being in a relaxed calm place you you know a lot of people talk about going to a place where you feel comfortable, whether it's a beach or whatever it is. But to be able to get grounded and get yourself to a place where you're start, you're able to start hearing your inner voice more, is meditation a good way or an avenue to do that? Meditation is a very, very good way. But also within that meditation, they also need to look at their body, how they are feeling health-wise. Are they feeling healthy? Is there something missing? If they're depressed, what's causing their anxiety and what they can do about it? So spirituality and meditation works hand in hand with good diet with looking after your body because remember our body and our mind is what's helping us to do these visualizations or our meditations or affirmations and our needs and our desires and their well-being Mm. and we're all energy aren't we 
absolutely absolutely. everything's energy so yeah because we're all energy because we're all vibration that when we get into a meditative state um that we're able to hone into that energy more effectively and sense things more effectively absolutely yeah yeah um and another thing i've heard as well you know people talk about you know the other side so whatever the other side you know is or however we want to interpret it but you know People talk about sometimes channeling uh, people that uh, have now left, you know, the world and, you know, they still feel connected to. Is there a way that you can uh, intuitively, I don't know, connect to people you were once very close to, you know, to be able to get answers? I mean, I've heard people say that, you know, sometimes I've asked a question and a feather drops, right? So from a spirit guide or whatever. And spirit guide doesn't have to necessarily be someone you know, but it could be, you know, someone that's actually looking out for you. So we talk about garden angels, angels, you know, spirit guides. Can you talk to me a little bit about how people can tap into that a little bit more? What are spirit guides? What are guardian angels? How can we be able to tap into that more? Well, Dad, that depends on how much they want to tap into it. Because a lot of people will say to me, no, 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 no. You do the looking, you do the thing we don't want to see. But yeah, there is there is a number of ways by relaxing, by trusting within yourself that you have the capability. Um, loved ones do kind of come to me naturally through dreams, through premonitions, through feelings, all the things that you've described. So this aspect of it is by trusting, by trust and by love. And the biggest secret in manifesting or intuition is being able to love unconditionally, regardless of who they are, what the person is, um, they'll always be able to read, they'll always be able to pick up on their loved ones that have passed over. They'll have a feeling, they'll sense a smell, um, their sense of looking, their sense of their mind will mm-hmm. tell them things and give them messages. So it's about unconditional love. It's very rare that you're going to pick on, up on somebody that's passed over that's dead, for example, that you hated because the energy there is just disrupted. It's like if you have a broken arm or you've got broken arms and you've got broken legs, you can't tell the person how to walk to the next place, so you probably can't walk there. So if you're thinking positively, it's very easy for other people to tune into that energy by thinking of, the, of them, by remembering nice thoughts of them. And like we are living on the earth, yes, there is also a spiritual realm. Just as many people there are human, there's just as many people on the other side that are spiritual. They're all spiritual. We're all souls. When we leave our body, we leave our cast behind but our soul on a different plane mm. so we all have spirit guides and guiding angels though right yeah some of us are more tuned in everybody does and some of us choose not to use it and some of us lose the plot using it mm. and when i say use lose the plot using it i'm talking about people with mental health issues severe mental health issues and something a term that psychologists would say because i had a client just a few weeks ago and i said to but you do psychology she goes yeah i know I know, but not everybody has it controlled the way that you're able to control it. Mm, mm, so wow. seeing too many things and not being able to control control it is a sign of madness. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's the, you know, the way to look at it. And I think going back to the point around um, trusting your intuition. So, um, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, in the past where, you know, sometimes uh, – you you'll keep seeing the same thing again and again so we've just said you know sometimes you know I looked at my phone and it's like 4 44 in the morning right and I see it for the whole week and actually I'm like boom right okay my spirit guides are saying whatever that problem is at that time or that issue that I'm facing or what I'm looking for is that a reaff- reaffirmation I think of actually you're on the right path so 
instead of dismissing it, saying actually there's something in this, or like I say, that random feather or leaf that keeps coming in your way, or a cat or a dog that you keep seeing again and again. So just being more aware of the signs that are around you uh, and being able to say, actually, there's some affirmation there, whatever it is that you're thinking or wanting the answer to. That's absolutely correct. As long as it's positive, Dal, and not negative. <laughs> and when it's repetitive, because otherwise then it can just go into superstition. Oh, my glass broke because something was negative. Yeah. No. If it keeps on breaking, then there's a clear message in that. If something consistently happens again and again, it's like when you when a child is at school and the teacher says, sit down, George. And she said, so she said that to George 10 times. And George still doesn't sit down. It's the same way that premonitions and messages will come. They won't come to you once. They'll come to you a number of times because they're lessons for you to learn. Yeah, 100%. It's something that's very, very common now. And I, I would say it's a lot more easily widespread and more easily understood mm. um, than many, many years ago. Like I remember I was, I was somewhere once and this lady, her uh, daughter was very, very ill. And she said, um, Natasha, I just want to ask you one thing. Can you just tell me? And it was very, very personal. And it was it, it put me on the spotlight actually at the time. And she said, "Can you tell me my daughter's very critically and would she live or die?" And I was like, "Jeez." Mm, wow. And I said to her, "No, she live." And you know, I had to kind of switch off from myself and tune in, and I had to feel all the energy and the presence. And it was very, very strong energy. Mm. You know, it wasn't this person's time. So. Yeah, um, we can all do it. We've all got it in us. It depends on whether we choose to use it and how positive we are. The more positive we are, the more we will have the premonitions because they will feel comfortable and come to us. Can you imagine if you invite somebody to your house and you're negative with them and said, put that glass down there, you smell. They're not going to come again, are they? Mm. So how do you think spirits are? Mm. It's also about positivity, being positive yourself, looking at the good even in a negative situation. And accepting the guidance that's been given to you, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's to benefit you. You're never going to get guidance to hurt you. So remember, the energies are the energies we create. So it's very important to create positive energies, regardless of how low we're feeling. That includes me. Even if (laughs) I'm having a bad day, and and let's say Dal's come to see me, I'm going to forget I've had a bad day. I'm going to think of being positive towards you. So the bit I wanted to really get into as well, because um, we talked about it earlier with clairvoyance, and a lot of the time our third eyes come alive when we're in our sleep, and that can sometimes come through dreams. And I've had times where I've asked, you know, uh, God, universe, to give me an answer on something, and then I get lots of repetitive dreams. They're quite middled up, actually. Um, you know, so I've tried to interpret them myself. But I guess, you know, as I grow, my third eye is opening a lot more. My intuition tends to come in my dreams, how how do people are able to use their intuition through dreams? Um, how are people, so by understanding them and remember sometimes they can't always understand their own dream mm. um, because it'll be beyond them and then they'll need to speak to somebody either like me or someone that interprets dreams or feelings on the internet. They might pick up something, see how they felt after the dream. Um, did it make them feel sad? Did it make them feel happy? Some dreams are mind production dreams, things that we think about before we sleep. And some dreams are premonition dreams, so they have to differentiate which is which. So it's just about practice, really. Mm. Practice makes perfect. 
And I started, I mean, I've got these, um, I've got the Doreen Virtue <laughs> cards. Okay. Um, and I'm not a big believer of tarot cards. I think these are quite soft, I suppose, in that regard, um, because I'm a true believer that, we, yeah, we should start tapping to our intuition. But sometimes I've got a question and I want an answer to it. Uh, as you know, I, uh, I I get frustrated if I don't get the answer straight away. So what's your thoughts around using kind of angel cards like that? You know, do they work? I think it's it's a doorway. I think it can help you understand your intuition because it's about your understanding. So it doesn't matter whether they're Doreen Virtue or whether they're colour cards or whether they're tarot cards. It's just opening that doorway of understanding for you. Mm. I mean, I can I can pick up things from a book. Somebody could give me a story book and say, how's my day going to be? And pick up a line on there and say, well, your day's going to be like that because my intuition works like that. So it really depends on the individual and how they make that connection with the item of what they're asking or they're looking for. It's very similar to having a pendulum. It's not very much different than having a board, although some people think you're opening up a different dimension. So, yeah, I think there's quite a number of ways that people can do that. That is so fascinating. The other thing I really want to talk to you about, because I know people are very intrigued by, is um, astrology. So, you know... Uh, we've all watched Seema from uh, Mumbai uh, on the Indian Matchmaker, and you know she talks a lot about, uh, believes a lot in astrology to be able to predict whether a relationship's going to work. So astrology is becoming bigger and bigger, I think, you know, with people. And I've never quite got my head around how the planetary positions when I was born are going to dictate my life. But can you talk to me a little bit about what astrology is? You know, how do people tap into what their planetary positions are and what do they do with that? Okay, so astrology is like um, numbers, names, date of birth, ages. So it's also to do with intuition. But it's also scientific knowledge. So science actually backs this kind of knowledge up that a certain person, like you could have two twins, they could both be born at, one could be born at 2 a.m., the other one could be born at 2.15. One could have an amazing destiny, then the other could have a zero destiny, depending on what planets were moving around the calculations of the time. So astrology readings are kind of scientific knowledge. I would say they're also very handy for um, intuitive side as well because they're calculations of numbers where things are placed, when things will happen, and how they will happen. Mm. So the prediction of relationships, for example, will be by the calculations of two dates of birth, how two people will get on, how the numbers resonate together with one another, how they'll actually get on. So it's a very good perception and gives you quite a bit of awareness of what will happen in that future for that person, whether it's a relationship that they want to know about or when their destiny changes and when time is slightly better. Mm. So, yeah, I feel it's quite it's quite good. And how do we know? I think there are apps, aren't there, where you can understand where your planetary positions and, you know, that kind of... Yeah, there's there's a number of different apps that people can use by um, putting their dates of birth in. Just the date of birth ones are more their character analysis, like numerology, also a form of intuition. Um, And then you have times of birth, which will tell you more of a precise, detailed report of certain events. Obviously, the only thing that astrology is not going to tell you is the emotions of a person. That's what a psychic will tell you. But they they still intuitive in the sense that it's all done by mathematical calculations of numbers. And numbers are also significant to us. Mm. All these things are tools for us in our lives to help us to have a better understanding of things, etc., etc. I mean, even doctors have intuition. You know, one of my doctors said, oh... I had a feeling you had that. You had a feeling, doctor, you had a feeling. Mm-hmm. And quite a few of my clients are doctors. And, you know, really you'd think, oh, why doctors believing in that? Because, you know, science once upon a time said 
if they can't prove anything, it doesn't really exist. It's yeah, always looking for proof yeah, and evidence. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Mm, I always just blows my mind how, like I say, the positions of the planet can impact us and our lives. It just I, it literally blows my mind. But then it goes back to energetic, energetic fields and, you know, all of those things. Um, yeah. So, h- how much of a reliance do we think that we should have on astrology? Um, I would say about 50 50. Because it, it gives you good and bad times. It doesn't make those things occur. So it'll give you an idea of when it's good to do something or when it's good to get married. It doesn't actually make you get married. That you would have to have the knowledge of how to kind of bring it about together. And then also sometimes as human beings, we'll fight the information that's given. So it's a concept of looking with inside ourselves. So a lot of us should use our intuition to heal ourselves, to better ourselves. You know, just like we want to go training or we want to go to the gym to get slimmer or get fitter. Mm. Same way we should use our intuition to better our lives and enhance what goes on around us and to have a better understanding. So somebody's trying to make a mug out of us, we have that awareness. Is there such thing as free will? Because a lot of it, especially in Asian cultures, and we talk about Gismuth, we talk about our destinies already written. Is there such thing as free will? Can we, can we change our lives? Is it pre-written or do we have an element of um, being able to control that ourselves? To a certain extent, but there's certain things we can't control like birth and death. Okay, so to a certain extent. So you've asked me something very broad term, which I can't really give you a yes or no answer Mm. because there is a higher being there. We are just little tools that are learning what our destinies are, what our paths are in this lifetime. And what we play in this whole universe thing that you've just explained, Mm. you know, saying that we're part of an energy force. So to answer that is very difficult for me, to be honest, because I have seen things in my life. Certain things can change, but there's only a slight leeway. Death and birth cannot be changed. We all have to die. We're all born. Yeah. And I guess it's a belief system, isn't it? It's like we were talking about earlier. You've got to have belief in yourself. You've got to, you know, manifestation is all about you know, to extent being able to change your free will. So it's like you say, certainly in in Asian culture, you hear a lot, you hear about the parents, the grandparents saying, um, you know, it's, it's written, I can't do anything about it. So that, so they use that as leverage to not do anything about it because they're saying, well, actually my life's supposed to be like this, but actually about destiny. So destiny can be changed to a certain extent. I was referring to more the life and death aspect of Mm. it. That we all have to go. We can't change that. But how we choose to live our lives, we have a certain leverage where we can change things to a certain extent um, by having that knowledge and awareness. And that's normally when people turn to a spiritualist. But then we ourselves have to make that change just by the psychic or the spiritualist giving you that information. doesn't make your life change. It's you that has to make it change by your actions. So, for example, we all know we've got to die. But how we live that life or how we choose to look after ourselves is a different thing, is something that we can be in control of if we wish to choose to mm. do so. So where people are saying about their destiny, how we're doomed to be gloomy, I don't totally agree with everything because I think certain things can be changed Yeah, by our actions because we, you know, God has given us that leverage, uh, creation or higher force, and by being positive, you're taking away the negativity. And a simple motto for me is if you want to be happy, look at the simple things in life go to the garden, look at appreciation, appreciate life, appreciate that you can talk, appreciate you can smile, we're here, we're alive, appreciate these things. And I feel a lot of people in this day and age with modern technology forget that. 
why isn't he listening to me? Or why didn't my boss say this to me? We can get so lost in it. And as I was saying earlier, I think it's, I think the stats something like one in 400 trillion chance of being put on this earth. So to actually even be here is a privilege, but we get so lost, don't we, in some of those really kind of minutia detail, like, you know, he said this to me and before you know, you're not speaking to that person for 30 years. Um, and you, you, you're losing life, right? So the bit that you're saying a lot around, you know, being more appreciative, being more in the present moment and, you know, having that element of free will, I think is really important and and just being able to take stock of that you know I could talk to you forever because I find you so fascinating but I'm going to just jump now to uh, what I do at the end of every podcast is just to do a couple of quick fire questions and one of the questions that I like to ask especially being a happyologist uh, is to understand you know what's your view what's the key to happiness keeping life simple enjoying and appreciating things that you have in your life on a daily basis not being complicated um, smiling is a blessing because you can smile. It doesn't cost you anything. It makes the other person feel better. Yeah. So I would say to happiness, keep life simple. Appreciate what you have rather than what you don't have. Mm, I love that. And I think as you get older, you start to, to get to get into more that kind of sense of feeling, isn't it, about being really more appreciative. And then the other question that I was going to ask you is, if you knew then what you do now, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Is there anything that you would, would, would do have done differently? No, absolutely not. Um, I know this is something you didn't expect to say when I was younger. <laughs> I used to think, why am I giving this intuition? Why me? I'd say, no, appreciate everything that you've gone through and look at the good in it. So no, I wouldn't tell my 20-year-old self anything. Mm, I love that. That's a really good place to be, actually, isn't it? It's just to say, actually, everything happened in my life has happened for a reason. And, you know, it's led me Absolutely. to the place that I am today. Uh, Natasha, listen, it's been fascinating. I know you've not been feeling well. It's kind of January blues. We've all got a cold. So I just want to say thank you so much. Um, you. I know people can find you on Psychic Readings Direct. If they want to get in touch with you. I think just for our listeners, you know, on behalf of them, thank you so much. I think the lessons and the advice that you're giving is to really trust yourself tap into your own intuition trust be curious connect with source trust your instincts you don't have to be a psychic to do that so i just want to say thank you to you thank you to all the listeners and i wish you all love and light thank you very much thanks for tuning in lovely listeners any questions or thoughts drop me an email at dialthehappyologist.com and follow me on my social media the happyologist to stay connected for regular empowering insights to supercharge your journey to purpose <laughs>